Billy Joel A to Z, and you're listening to the continuation of the wrap-up of Billy Joel's greatest album, The Stranger. Paul, I think this would be a good time to maybe play a, another Paul Lauren interpretation of a song off this legendary album. I would be honored to do so. Uh, I will try to do it justice. How about we do a little tune called Vienna? Oh, that would be terrific. Because I'll tell you, we haven't gotten to the rankings yet. But ever since we have done that episode, I'm liking it a little more. Well, good. Because that was the first time you heard it, right? When you did the episode? That's right. Okay, cool. Mm. You bastards. All right. (laughs) Well, let's see if I don't butcher this intro. Let's see what's going on. Try not to. Okay. You're so ambitious for a juvenile But then if you're so smart Tell me why are you still so afraid mm-hmm. Where's the fire? What's the hurry about? You better cool it up before you burn it out You got so much to do And only so many hours in a day hey. But you know truth is told you can get what you want or you can just get old you're gonna kick off before you even get halfway through Ooh, when will you realize Vienna waits for you slow down you're doing fine you can't be everything you want to be before your time Although it's so romantic on the borderline tonight Tonight Too bad, but it's the life you lead You're so ahead of yourself You forgot what you need Though you can see when you're wrong You know you can't always see when you're right You're right your passions, you got your pride, but don't you know that only fools are satisfied? Dream on, but don't imagine they'll all come true. Ooh, when will you realize Vienna waits for you? Take the phone off the hook and disappear for a while It's alright, you can't afford to lose a day or two Ooh, when will you realize Vienna waits for you 
the truth is told You can get what you want Or you can just get old You're gonna kick off Before you even get halfway through Ooh, when will you realize The end awaits for you Why don't you realize The end awaits for you Thanks. That was really terrific. I mean, really terrific. You know what? <laughs> you play it. I um. There's certain things I noted. First of all, I love that little jazzy thing you put in the middle there, which was really cool. Oh, um, you've been said of the accordion solo. Yeah, yeah. So that was great. <laughs> and then, but the then when I think about the ending, and I would end duh, 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 like how it goes back from the beginning one and the end, and and which he does on a lot of the songs in this album. There's something about that ending that just makes so much sense after you just played it. I was thinking about it, how it it's so necessary to go back and that it tells it tells the story. And yeah. like like it like it like I'm picturing it, it's a movie, and then the camera goes and then the camera's going back and it's all the people in it's the street again that he's walking down. Like all this has happened, and then it just goes back to everybody's normal life. That's what that part represents. Yeah, like back to the scene. Yeah. Or even like, cause he's talking to like a child, you know, he says child, he's probably not talking to a child, but to a young person. And so that intro is, sounds a little bit like, it's, it's like a music box in a way. Yeah. Yep. Music you box. Know? And then he has the whole song and then he comes back and like brings you back to like, Hey, it's still just a kid that we're talking to here. Oh, that's so, even better. The music box imagery, you open it up and then you see a little, little ballerina dancing ballerina on there. on there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't, but does, this record has all these motifs. A lot of the songs start and end with the, the same intro and outro, right? The stranger, of course. Right. Obviously. Scenes from an Italian restaurant. Just the way you are. Scenes just from an Italian right. restaurant. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what makes this album so beautiful. I mean, it really is all the songs. Maybe it's not. See, I think it's more of a concept album than Sergeant Peppers, which of course he was trying to do mm -hmm. in its in its storytelling. But each each song is a story. It, it's it's fascinating. I mean, each song. I've never seen anything like it before. And that's the concept, I guess. Well, each song tells a story. That's the concept. Because a lot of people have been saying, oh, it's not, you know, he tried to make a concept. But I, I think this is a, a more fuller concept album than then Sergeant Pepper, because I still never understand the concept of Sergeant Pepper. I'm not sure. I get it because they were trying this thing. But what what actually is the concept of Sergeant Pepper? They're a Lonely Hearts Club band. Yeah. Well, and then what are they doing there? I don't know. It's a, they, they're singing songs that aren't related to that. Exactly. So but uh, again, you know, it, yeah. somebody had to start it off. So and everybody loved it. But this this truly is just even the way it opens. Mm. And uh, and you know just moves on, especially moving out. Just the the way it is. Let me ask you a question, Paul with Vienna. Mm -hmm. Do you think that was the the wise move, opening the second side with uh, a song like this? Right. Yeah, it opens up the B side. Uh, well, the song is just so good. Right? It's just like it's just like the probably the strongest song on side two, if not for she's only a woman. It's just such a damn good song. I mean, yeah. Right. Is it worthy of a? I mean, it's worthy of an opening side, but 
do you think it sets the tone for the second side? Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. It does. Side one ends with just the way you are. No side one ends with scenes, scenes from, from an Italian, Italian restaurant. restaurant. Oh yeah, of course. Where do you go from there? Right. But actually the through line of course is, is the accordion in both, <laughs> in both of them. Oh, interesting. Right? And, the, and the piano ballad, the way they both open a, as a piano ballad, of course, scenes goes in a totally different direction. I think it's his best ballad that and honesty. I mean, it's like incredible. The writing is just top notch. Do you think that it shouldn't go because it's a straight Vienna, only the good day young. She's always a woman that's it's like slow, fast, slow. Do no, you feel that that's an I issue. I don't feel wishy washy about that, that ebb and flow. I think because Vienna's got power and it's got passion literally behind, behind it. Right. So to go from that passion into the, um, Lowering a Catholic schoolgirl out of her virginity <laughs> it makes it makes and they're both about youth and misplaced youth. Yeah. And then following the through line, you have you know Virginia maybe grows up and she's the woman he's talking about or picturing. Well, of course oh, we all good. we all know it's about the evil ex-wife. Uh, but no, I feel I feel totally right thematically between those three songs. When I was listening again to the album in its entirety today. I was thinking about this and I was thinking and then only the good die young sounded less anthemesque when you listen to it as a whole after Vienna and mm -hmm. before between she's always a woman. It seems more jazzy in a way, not or maybe that's the wrong word, but it doesn't seem as powerful as I remember it as a little boy having the 45 and loving it and you know, doing the Tom Cruise in the living room with this song that I had written it and I sing it. And then it was the most rock thing I had ever heard. Wow. And when I hear it together now in the album as an adult too, I don't see it being that crazy as I thought it was as a kid. First of all, Liberty's playing brushes on it, right? And then second of all, he's not playing drumsticks. He's playing brushes. And oh. really, it's a rock and roll song where so much of rock in the 70s was rock without the role right it was kind of boston and you had all these big bands at that time there's no rock and roll it's like the one rock and roll song of the 70s it actually shuffles the way rock and roll used to and it's kind of a throwback in so many ways well i guess that's what i noticed is that maybe that i didn't think about that and i guess we knew that and i'd forgotten that he's playing the brushes on a right along i forgot about that he's well what's he was, good is that that he did do that and turn it into a rock song and everything instead of the original way which was as a reggae too. right right yeah i mean but if that, you think of the early elvis records that's all right mama and those early sun studios those didn't have drums on them at all and that's rock and roll wow and i didn't I mean, know that, that that's kind of the, the vibe of 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 those early rock and roll records you know they sounded so big through a little transistor mono speaker because the sound was able to do that. You weren't compressing all these, these crazy drums and all these crazy frequencies. And they just, maybe to young Dave, you know, with his, with his broom and vacuum and his underwear in the living room and his <laughs> white dress shirt, uh, whatever you were doing. Actually, I don't want to picture that. Let's not all. picture that. Okay. <laughs> it's just so funny. I totally remember having the 45 of the song and loving it and not knowing anything what it was about, but that my mother couldn't stand that there was a, Catholic schoolgirl reference at all or something to it, but she didn't understand either. So she should be lucky her son was listening to anything that was normal and not a chorus line. You know, why don't you just relax, Rhoda? Well, I, I feel like you were listening to both. It wasn't like one or the other. I was listening to both, but that's none of your business. <laughs> I really need this job. <laughs> I need this job. I've got to get this job.
Kiss today goodbye. Sing it. The sweetness and the sorrow. Okay. Okay. Anyway. We did what we had to do. You know, we were talking about, um, we mentioned Marvin Hamlish a lot because of the entertainer. Mm. Uh, when we're talking especially and root bear rag because when we were doing the entertainer we were talking about that marvin hamlish had had a number one hit with the song called the entertainer the very same year <laughs> billy just got screwed yeah he's the he's the billy joel of broadway though hamlish yeah. <laughs> kind of funny that they uh that they see but then uh billy joel won over marvin hamlish when i was singing this only to good die young uh, in my uh underwear uh, as not just Uptown Girl, Alon, that was full naked. We're gonna, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, great. This was a gateway song for you. <laughs> you know, Dave. One thing about about the order of the songs, which I think is interesting on this album, is when you go from Vienna to Only the Good Die Young. Even though they're both about youth in some way, they have very opposing messages because Vienna is about like, hey, take it slow, like you have time to get older, and then Only the Good Die Young is like, get older fast. I want to have sex with you. Yeah, that's that's the that that's the thing we wanted to talk to Paul about because yeah, there's two there's two different messages and they're right next to each other. Yeah, well, I think he's exploring characters in each of the in all these songs, right? I mean, he he inhabits different characters. He inhabits the guy in the Italian restaurant. He inhabits the uh, the the older guy talking to the younger kid in Vienna. He inhabits the uh, the the artist sticking up for his manager wife, and she's always a woman. He inhabits the younger Billy trying to lure this this Virginia out of her you know out of her home. Yeah. He, that's what the stranger is. I mean, he's exploring all these different personae. I think uh, through each of these songs, and he's never quite himself. And maybe that's what the critics responded to. It's that he's wearing all these faces. He's never the singer songwriter who's singing these songs out of vulnerability and drug addiction and the trauma of his life and coming away with it. He is looking to characters and personas to craft these amazing songs. That's in fact, the harder thing to do, I'd say at the end of the day. Yeah. I think maybe that's the theme is that's why it's a concept album is that these are like people in the neighborhood. It's yeah. like that Sesame street song. <laughs> Who are the people in your neighborhood? It really is. Yeah. I have, here's another review from billboard magazine in 77. Hacks. Nine new tunes from the piano playing singing songwriter. Whose detailed descriptions of life, love and suburbia have won him a loyal following. Producer Phil Ramone. I love that they all talk about the producer about Phil Ramone's greatness. I guess they see the difference from the other albums. Producer Phil Ramone hasn't taken him too far away from the basic Billy Joel style, which tends towards sameness. The compelling storylines carry the album, however, and his fans won't be disappointed, nor will curious newcomers. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's a, yeah. How about that? That's a good one, too. Here's a, a really hilarious one from the Village Voice. This guy, he's such a dick. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Robert Christgau or Chris. Chris Gow. Gow. Yeah, Chris. Gow. Uh, yeah. He's famous. Yep. Having concealed his egotism in a metaphor as a young song poet, he achieved success when he uncloseted the spoiled brat behind those bulging eyes. What a dick. Wow. But here, the brat appears only once in the nominally metaphorical guise of the stranger. The rest of Billy has more or less grown up. 
He's now as likable as your once rebellious and still tolerant uncle who has the quirk of believing that OPEC was designed to ruin his air conditioning business. And then he gives an al- the album a B minus. What a dick. Wow. Meanwhile, that was, that was still Billy's best review at that time. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so he's given turnstiles a C plus the bridge a B and the river of dreams. These are the ones we've done already. He just has a picture of a bomb. <laughs> what, what does he give an innocent man? Do you know what he, what he, uh, uh, I, I don't know. I think it was a B as well, but the, the only thing he gave an a minus two. Do you want to guess? Yeah. Yeah. The, the greatest hits album. <laughs> what a dick. Huh, what a oh, dick. This guy sucks. Yeah, I hate him. He's a music bro. He probably loves Springsteen and he's a jean jacket. You know, he loves all that kind of. So check this out. These were the order, Alon, that you have, which I gave you for your birthday. This is the order of, on the eight track tape. <laughs> the Stranger eight track tape version. I gave Alon a, 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 an eight track for his birthday of The Stranger. It opens with The Stranger, which you could question is not a horrible plan. Except yeah, I we, love the fact we should talk about that because that is interesting that the title song isn't the first song. But, but I think and I was thinking about it again today, you know, God, it's so awesome just opening it with it just like it's not even an intro. It just you're in it, you know, they, 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 so it's good. But I don't think you could open with a stranger because then you'd be like, what is this? It's start. It's not. Uh, I don't know. You know, I I think that's the would be the problem. What do you think, Paul? Bad, the stranger would be a bad opening. Okay, yeah, that's what I think too. But on the eight track, that's how they did it. it. Goes the stranger, and just the way you are. That's track one. Uh-huh. Track two, moving out Vienna, and she's always a woman. Track three, only the good die young. Scenes from an Italian restaurant. Track four. Scenes from an Italian restaurant conclusion. <laughs> oh, my God. Get it right the first time. Everybody has a dream. I love the conclusion. It's my A-tracks. favorite part. People are nostalgic about A-Tracks, but they blew. They sucked. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were absolutely they awful. They sounded bad. They unspooled all the time. Unspooled all the time. Yes. Oh, gosh. Yes. I had many A-Track tapes, and uh, when they left us, uh, nobody was sad about it. I Anybody who's nostalgic about it's kind of an idiot. Yeah. Let's just quickly talk about the the album cover itself, as we were before. It's a it's a it's a legendary now album cover. A lot of people still don't know what it means. I'm not exactly sure. I'm not sure why he's barefoot or all that kind of stuff. But I do know that I don't know any other album, especially a legendary classic album, that is, uh, you know, a picture of the producer on the back. <laughs> like, so weird. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. What does it mean? I don't know. I mean, I think, I think they're probably just like, hey, grab some boxing gloves and a couple masks, and uh, why don't you take your shoes off and lay on that Yeah, yeah it sounds like they were just <laughs> like, uh, you know, just, well, we'll get something. Yeah. But they, like, they didn't have a plan, which is weird. For an album like this, that they did not have a plan for the album cover. Yeah. And then Billy's probably like, I'm hungry. Let's go down to the <laughs> yeah, right. pasta. Come on. Yeah, and, and, and Phil said, well, if I'd known they were going to use that picture, I would have put on a different shirt. I don't <laughs> think he expected to be on the album cover. <laughs> they were just taking a picture that day. That was impromptu, that, that back cover? 
the back. Yes. Wow. Yes, it was. Yeah, they just. Uh, so what yeah, he, what was he just always wearing Yankees like gear? Like <laughs> I guess he wanted to be comfortable. It's like wearing a hockey jersey. They're very large and big, and you can eat pasta with them. And Liberty told us he's a huge Yankees fan, so it probably wasn't that unusual. Weird. Here's a review of the restaurant that they took the picture in. Uh, Guido's is an old-fashioned Italian eatery and pasta depot. Owner Tommy Scalora cooks traditional dishes like squid ink linguine and shrimp and clams, spinach lasagna, eggplant rollatini, veal parmesan, and shrimp francaise. Simple decor, black and white checkered tablecloths, straw-covered Chianti bottles, entertainment headshots climbing one wall, and family photos filling the rest. And the nice ladies in service give Guido's friendly family feeling. The, the entrance to the restaurant is actually a pasta store with over 40 different kinds of pasta in stock. You know what it sounds like, Alon? That um, the Jericho Road, uh, what's that one? They got, the, they got a nice family style menu. The volunteer firemen eat there. Right. Yeah, what, yeah. what song was that? Was All that about the- soul or Jericho Road. No, it was a different. It was what it uh, was part of that though, right? On the Jericho like, lines. There is a neighborhood cafe across across the Jericho line, around the corner from the railroad tracks, with the inevitable neon sign. They haven't kept up with the times. It's not the hippest. It's not the hippest place around. Keep up with the times. Not the hippest place around, not the hippest place around. But if you really want some atmosphere, it's the only game in town. They offer family cuisine, they run an old fashioned bar. They serve the volunteer firemen, because that's usually where they are. They say it's always been the same, they say they'll never close it down. Because wherever there's a hungry soul, they're the only game in town. On the Jericho, Jericho line. line. Yeah, it was like two, two uh, demos. Jericho they got a special on Wednesdays. <laughs> I mean, that restaurant actually sounds amazing. I'm actually pretty I'm hungry. I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's, no was, that written, was that written yeah. by Robert Criscow, that review? <laughs> no. Okay, okay. No, but it was an actual review of Guido's, the Supreme Macaroni Company. And uh, it's just too funny. I'm surprised that they didn't mention how, like, in the back alley, there are two dogs sharing meatballs and spaghetti. <laughs> right. Yes, they filmed Lady and the Tramp here. I don't know whether you remember. <laughs> Does Billy Joel just, I think he just kind of wanted to be Italian. I mean, at the end of the oh, day, he just had yes. a lot of Italian American friends growing up, maybe. I maybe. believe Alon, in our review of the thing with Danny, said that would have been, no, no, it was Paul. That's It was the last uh, review we did for. What was the an innocent one? man? An innocent man. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. your mom said he looks like a, a hairdresser, well, and that, no, a dent. My dentist. He looked like my dentist at the time. <laughs> right, yeah. and somehow your mom just said he's too Italian to look or something. What? Well, it was something like, and Alan said, it "Oh was, my God, he'd be thrilled." It was not. Yeah, well, because you know, you, you chimed in probably saying, "Well, because your dentist was Jewish," but no, it was not an anti-Semitic stereotype. It was a uh, my dentist was actually Italian. <laughs> Yeah, right. It doesn't make any. That's it. Which which would make Billy very happy to be confused for an Italian, right? Dave, even one of those reviews that you read, I forget which one it was, mentioned that this is like. I think maybe the one that said this is like scenes from a. No, what is it? Uh, Something from 
things past pasta or whatever. Remembrance of things yeah. pasta. Pasta. <laughs> yeah. And I bet Billy read that and it was like, this is great. They think I'm I'm passing. I'm passing as Italian. They didn't even yeah. mention that I'm a Jewish guy doing Italian music. Well, you know, at that time, <laughs> Barry Manilow was just as huge. I mean, just as huge. And you know, they were getting compared a little bit, but uh, I don't think, you know, we all knew Barry Manilow was Jewish, but of course, nobody said it. You know, no, we, we just Jewish. knew not Jewish. What? Barry, Barry Manilow. Yeah, he's really not Jewish. Jewish. No, no, he's no Barry Manilo. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing back then. You just wouldn't say it, but we all knew it, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you could never say it. Why, why not? What? What's uh? Or did Barry own it at the time? Like, like I'm Jewish American. No, he didn't. Nobody owned it. Nobody owned it. Seriously, it was. I always talk about it's funny. I I would say not until 1991 or two did people. I I am guilty of it too. I would never tell anybody I was Jewish on stage. Mm. I got my nose done. It was a thing you just didn't want to do. And Sarah Silverman, I got to say, like John Stewart, I always say is the last person that changed his name because I think it's John uh, Leibowitz or Lieberman. Mm. Changed to John Stewart and Sarah Silverman was the first one to keep it and say, I don't give a shit. Yeah, that's cool. And, but really, up until you're talking about 1991, where people might have started talking about being Jewish on stage, it was not Robert Klein was actually a first one, mm. uh, which you know was gutsy. Just we all knew everybody was Jewish, you just didn't talk about it on stage or anything. Well, you know? so, I mean, by the way, Seinfeld. I mean, that's right. A- <laughs> but how many, you know, it took yeah. a while before they actually said he was Jewish on the show. True, true, true. true. A couple of a couple of seasons in once it was a hit. Uh, I think that's probably right. I think well, that's why the they, they named the character George Costanza and made him Italian, which was like, come on, like he's the most right. Jewish character on the show. <laughs> right, right. It's too so, many Jews. Right. We already got Seinfeld as one. That's enough. Elaine could possibly be Jewish, even though she's yeah, they made her waspy also. They made her waspy, but she could have been if you're yeah. looking at it. But yes, and I'll tell you, um, they told me once I was auditioning for uh, a QVC show to, oh. and, and they told me they, this is what you would get with before Seinfeld that I wouldn't play in middle America, uh. which was basically saying you're too Jewy for middle America. That was the code word that you were Jew- too Jewy. That's looking. gross. Uh, that's gross. Well, it was you the know. way it was and the way it is technically, but now we just say it out loud. In some ways, though, you know, I grew up Italian-American, as you know. In some ways, Jews and Italians in New York are, are very similar. We None of us play well in middle America at right. that time. And uh, certainly right. all these Italian entertainers are also changing their name, you know. Of yep. Back Bobby then, yeah. And all the way to whoever, right? Okay. It is time for the big money portion of the show that everyone loves. Uh, because just to see how way out mostly I am, <laughs> since you guys seem to speak with the fans and the fact that Paul is a musician has different characteristics about what he likes and doesn't like. So this is the fun part of the segment. Should I go first or Alon, do you want to go first? Paul always goes last. You can take this one. All right. Now, just remember. <laughs> Before I start, I, 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 these are these are ones that that at this moment, as Paul has taught us, you know, today I'm feeling this way. But it, like Vienna moved way up, which would have been on the bottom had we not just 
recorded that episode. Okay. So this is in the moment as who's, who's the guy uh, we use at the rankings of uh, Christopher Bananos, Christopher Bananos and Paul Oren have told us this is the way I feel today. Five years from now, it could change tomorrow. It could change. Mm-hmm. So here it is. It, of course, the last one going up starting from nine is everybody has a dream which is a shame you know these are all these could be anywhere just the way paul used to say about an innocent man except for christy lee the next one is just the way we was yeah andrew nice clay loves it yeah (laughs) it's just it's too much i've heard it too much it's overplayed he doesn't like it it's the same thing then i'm so surprised i have only the good die young next and then the stranger and vienna at five which again I was surprised about, and I thought the stranger would be a little bit higher up. So then four, I get it right the first time. I don't know. I'm all in on that lately. Really enjoying it. Really would love to hear him play it in concert. And in at three, because it has to be up higher, but I don't know if I would put it there at this point. It seems from the Supreme Macaroni Company. I would put that a little lower, but I can't because it's too unbelievable. And it probably should be number one because of its greatness as a song in general. Then two, she's always a woman. That song rules. I really like that song. Sometimes I forget it's on this album. And number one is uh, Anthony's song, Moving Out. I love that song. I absolutely love it. And I love when he does it in concert. That's my number one. Those are my rankings. Well, it's great. It's like the perfect Just Gow list because like, this is The Stranger, which is a tough album to mess up, but you still found a way to put, like, get it right the first time pretty high, which no one's going to get mad at you about in this case, but, like, it is kind of funny because it's... Of course they're going to get mad. This is what I do. Will. That's it's true. Like I'm almost doing it on purpose, you know? <laughs> no, I think that's weird for you because I'm usually the one that's putting these weird songs up pretty yeah, high. Yeah, but you're a musician. People look at you a different way because you have different reasons for doing that. You're like, oh, I like, I really like the accordion and this, you know, who knows? I don't know. So Nice. All right, Alan, what do you have? You're so great. <laughs> okay, so my my ninth wow. song is Everybody Has a Dream, which is a really good song. I just think, I don't know, a little too gospel-y for my taste. That has to be nine in everybody's because it's, we like it, but what are you going to do? There's too many other good songs. <clears throat> <laughs> oh, Paul's clear. I don't think this is nine. Ooh, this is good. Okay, then the next song I have is Get It Right the First Time which uh, I love a lot. I think the La La La's are really fun and it's got a cool energy. I enjoy that song a lot. After that, all these songs could be anywhere on the list. The next one I have is Just the Way You Are, which is a classic, but definitely those 10cc similarities, once you know about them and takes a little bit away from the song because you can't stop hearing it. Mm. Then I have Vienna, which I think is great, but I like I said in that episode, I feel like he repeats the chorus too much. I kind of don't like the way he keeps talking about little child and juvenile. It feels a little weird <laughs> in today's world. That's just like those words don't age well. Okay. Oh, but it's a great song. Then I have The Stranger. I love The Stranger. I love that it has this hard edge. And I love that it has the big whistle intro, which is so much fun to do. I love whistling. Then in fourth place, I have She's Always a Woman. Just like you, Dave. I think the song is fantastic. It's great. It's like a sea shanty, very Beatlesy. Got all the things you want to hear in a ballad. Then I have Only the Good Die Young. It's the most fun song on the album. Maybe the most fun song he's written. Then I go to Scenes from an Italian Restaurant, which is an epic, and I love it. But it doesn't 
top moving out, which is my oh, number one song. Yeah. I think it's just the perfect pop rock, Billy Joel, hard edge, but also fun and nice Agreed. song. Yeah. Okay. All right, here that's it some, is. That's some nice stuff. I think some of our lists are similar there, Alon. Okay, well, I, you know, it's, I mean, this is really tough, right? I mean, this is a really tough one. But it's, but a nine for me is everybody has a dream, also. Uh, okay. I, I was nervous, right? Weren't you nervous? He, he played us, Alon. We thought <laughs> I did. I, I'd play it. Yeah. At first, at the beginning, I thought for sure he was going to say it, but then I thought something else was up. I bluffed you. I bluffed you. <laughs> he did. That's the that way song. It. I don't know. It just feels weird. Have you heard other cover, cover versions? Have you heard Phoebe Snow's version of it? No. Mm. Yeah, it's, I've heard the, well, who was it? Earth, Wind, and Fire? Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, really? Or the Manhattans. One of those groups did it. Oh, right, Is it right. good? That's really good. I like that version a lot. Yeah. But Paul, but we're all in agreement that it, at the time, it was a perfect way to end the album, no? Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. We just, it's just not our favorite song. Yeah. Yeah, the way he kind of morphs his voice—I don't know—the the the voice thing, and yeah, I don't know. It, it Today, be- when I was listening to it, do you think it sounds a little like uh, two thousand years? It's got that gospel. It's the same time signature. It's a si- slow six. So That's yeah, I noticed that, and they have similar gospel changes in them to some. Yeah, extent. and and both technically ending songs. Yeah. on the album in many ways you know we, yeah, we already true. just talked about the river of dreams which that should have been the end song but what are you going to do you got to do something called famous last words yeah that's right uh well i don't know it's a, it's an older song too right because it was kicking around for at least two or three years before the stranger everybody has dream wasn't kind of written it with this whole batch of other other songs in the same time period so it does feel a little out of place to me but it's nine it's great melody's cool uh, they're all great. Uh, get it right. The first time is is eight for me, similar to Alan. Uh, you know the flute thing. There's the la la la, which is fun, but it's also very like Stevie influenced, and I don't know. It's it's a strange song. The groove's really cool. The the musicians make it cool. The Liberty drum thing is awesome. I love the fade in. There's a lot to like about it, but you know when it, when you're standing up against these other songs, some of these fall off, right? I think, uh, what do I have next? I have probably just like you had, Alon, Just the Way You Are was seven for me. Hmm. It's a standard. It's a, it's an amazing song. It's like, it, I think it might be Billy Joel's last standard, right? Maybe New York State of Mind. It's in that American songbook category to me. And I'm sure a lot of those voices have, I know there's like a Diana Krall version of it. It is overplayed back then. It maybe is time for a, a re- Vision yeah. of it now and a reclamation of it uh it's an awesome song but yeah just well you know if we we all have it at that level it's kind of funny because remember they weren't planning on putting it on the album anyway right so Probably for the same reasons new yeah exactly for the same reasons but yet uh smart that he did it's so weird. You know, it's one of those songs that probably from 77 to the mid 90s, people were dancing to as their first song at their wedding, right? Yeah. Certainly in the boroughs and long. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't know. There's like, um, it feels like a Hallmark card. Like it's just a trite. It's pretty trite, I'd say. I think all his Elizabeth song, love songs, feel pretty trite to me. The good news is he knows that too. And they all knew it. Yeah. But they went for it anyway. Yeah. 
he's like i think that yeah here here babe here's your here's your 20 percent. i'm gonna write you a song on this one okay that's uh <laughs> well that's the most right that's seven uh this only the good die young is six for me um just because i feel it's overplayed at this point and i don't know it's it is a cool rock and roll song but musically to me there's not much there to to, to really get into uh it's nefarious origins as a reggae song have have put me off forever on it and i agree with liberty devito in that what do you know about reggae the closest you ever got was jamaica queens uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i do agree with the popular consensus on billy joel and reggae although i do love all you want to do is dance so that's <laughs> i'm a complicated guy too You're allowed to do one You're allowed to you just got one <laughs> that's six five is Find out Paul's top five stranger album picks and so much more on the conclusion of Billy Joel A to Z's The Stranger Album Wrap Up. Oh, she takes care of herself. Billy Joel says, This is a brand new thing. And the crowd yells something out. And then Billy says, No, no, it's not handball. Handball! Mario works in the Mushroom Kingdom Fixing the pipes, he's a plumber See you next week! I sure hope so! Don't be afraid to try again Everyone goes south Every now and then You've done it, why can't someone else? You should know by now You can lay yourself One side